Welcome to the second episode of Wixcast, a podcast series by the Women in Computing Society at Ashoka University. This podcast series intends to explore computer science and technology while creating conversations around careers, personal development, and gender in tech, academic and professional spaces. Your hosts for today are Veda and Prashasti, second year computer science students at Ashoka University. Today we have a really interesting conversation lined up for you. Our guest speaker, Sylvia Lobo, is a champion in women's online safety and an inclusivity advocate. She is a frequent speaker at venues such as the DevOps North Summit London, where she discusses cybersecurity, inclusivity, and intersectional growth. Sylvia works as a project manager at CIRA, one of the largest tourist and travel groups in the Middle East and North Africa region where she leads several technical teams and strategic IT applications. She's experienced in cybersecurity project management, simulation of phishing and intrusion attacks, social engineering management, creating deliverable cybersecurity products, and sustainably expanding operations. A warm welcome to you, Sylvia. We are lucky to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, uh, Prashasti. It is uh, indeed an honor. Uh, to be speaking to an elusive group like uh, Women in Computing Society at Ashoka University. Thanks. So our conversation starts with that as students and future professionals, we may often have to put ourselves out there on several platforms online, be it in the form of submitting our CVs on the websites of companies that are hiring or updating our information on platforms such as LinkedIn. So, however, by doing so, we put up so much of our personal information online for almost anybody to access easily and make ourselves increasingly vulnerable to attacks and abuse. How do you think, as women or students in general, we can be safer online? Further, what do you think can be done by a platform such as LinkedIn to ensure safety and privacy of its um, user information? So, uh, Prashasti, that's a very interesting question. Uh, when I was invited to speak at um, Google for the Women in Tech Makers event, uh, which was an on which was a physical event that was held on 14 February 2020, exactly a year ago, it was a culmination of uh, women cybersecurity enthusiasts from over 15 countries. I happened to research on this uh, topic about being secure online and the statistics that I had were really shocking. So uh, not only women in general, cybersecurity is definitely something that needs to be taken care of because like you rightly pointed out, when we are applying for jobs, we give away so much of our information like our contact number, our email address, our data birth, even our passport numbers like in most of the Middle East countries it is required. To that I would uh, say that giving out information is definitely uh, is is uh, something that is not in the hands of uh, any of the user be it whether you're using WhatsApp, Facebook or any social media platform because like we know this information is freely shared, captured by the social media giants and shared for marketing and other purposes, data intelligence purposes. So in, in that context, I would say the 
the option would not be to uh, stop giving out this information because then uh, there will be no way for a potential employer or uh, uh, or any contact to reach out to you in uh, in on the other hand i would rather say it's better to have this kind of uh, a conversation where we are where we ensure that whichever platforms we are uh, filling out the forms uh, especially regards to employment uh, just ensure if possible they are verified files and not any suspicious links or malicious links uh, in event you notice that there is any information that requires you to enter in your finance related or your credit card related information it's best avoided no matter how tempting the offer uh, or whatever the circumstances so that would uh, that would be the uh, i mean best advice i could give to aspiring uh, and even uh, and even job seekers worldwide i trust that has answered your question Uh, it does. Um, is there a particular period in your life or an incident that led you to become an inclusivity advocate? How have your experiences been as a woman in IT? As we all know, it's a male-dominated field. Could you also talk about the work you've done in inclusivity? Uh, so let me uh, take you back a few years. Uh, when I was a new uh, graduate myself, I graduated in two thousand and one. as an electronics and telecommunication graduate uh, like any wide eyed graduate i was aspiring to work in the field of telecommunications uh, but i spent over a year applying to companies and being rejected for the very fact that i was not a male this kind of disheartened me because uh, because most of the excuses that was given by the employers would to be employers was that this is a challenging role this requires you to be on the field this requires to be traveling a lot um, i never uh, considered uh, that to be a challenge when i was learning and aspiring to be a telecommunication engineer so i never saw why that should be a hindrance to my uh, you know to my reaching my ambitions or goals uh, as a fall back uh, i had to go back and uh, go to the easier route which is taking up something in computer science but there on it uh, it made me uh, ensure that uh, that i would try and include as many women as possible in as many technical and challenging situations and roles let me also give you a small background that uh, i started working as a systems network uh, administrator so i was working as a pc repair lady across various uh, various clientele uh, like some prestigious clientele like national stock exchange reserve bank of india in mumbai so these were few jobs where uh, we would be working uh, like i would go and visit the clients and uh, fix the servers the high end uh, computers that were there and uh, typically these were not available to me in regular office hours so after office hours uh, i would take up these servers and uh, and i was uh, single handedly managing these uh, prestigious accounts but at the same time i proved it to my management that it's not about the gender it's about the passion and uh, i realized over time that uh, i had to uh, also uh, you know move into software because definitely that is uh, another exciting field that was just opening up uh, gradually even the same story unfolded that whenever it came to challenging decisions women were not included 
in so many fields in so many meetings uh, board meetings that i have been part of there would be hardly one or two women who would be present so in a way very imperative for me to ensure that there were women uh, who were included and in my last organization i ensured that when we were hiring we would hire especially uh, 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 candidates who were women uh, and uh, i'm not sure but there is a lot of I would not I would not say bias but definitely when it came to candidates nationality there was a bias there was a preference I have observed this a lot in the Middle East that when it comes to low salary certain Asian certain South Asian nationalities are preferred and when it came to sponsorship women were preferred because they would be sponsored by their spouses or their fathers or their parents uh, or their husbands so uh, so this uh, so this kind of bias i by myself cannot change it overnight but i consciously made it an effort to give an extra opportunity to women who were applying also for the rules so that we would have more women on the rule when it came to salary also there was an equal number of bias that i observed but single handedly i cannot change but i did push in for uh, for equal pay as uh, the male counterparts or even for the other nationalities who were overlooked when we were hiring so this is a, a very small step i'm doing um, i would say consciously because of uh, because of the lesson that i learned early on in my career so uh, i would just put it out there to all the aspiring uh, candidates i don't think gender would any barrier to what you want to achieve uh, this brings to mind an interesting story from sudamurthy uh who was actually a chemical engineer she had applied to tata and she was rejected so she personally wrote down to mr tata and asked him why a woman cannot be on the job and she got the job so i wish i had uh, come across this kind of boldness uh, earlier on perhaps i could be in a different situation in a different way nevertheless uh, this is uh, just a small piece of advice from uh, my experience Thank you so much for this, uh, this insightful experience of how you overcame all the challenges and still working for the community to make it more inclusive. So, like you mentioned, uh, you gave a talk at Women Tech Makers, and you talked about your experience with online abuse and spoofing. You must have heard of the recent phishing attack involving Nidhi Rajdhan from Mendy TV. It's really shocking that someone uh, so well known was affected by a social engineering attack like that. and while awareness always helps keep away from obvious red flags like spam looking emails how can one go about preventing social engineering attacks like this case that may be completely indistinguishable from a legitimate scenario uh yes so um, i haven't been following up on that case to be very frank but it was really surprising to me uh that a well-known media personality was uh, was target of a phishing attack so uh, this is something uh, really um, how can i say it's embarrassing but even i was part of this recently as recent as last week so my organization actually had uh, had uh, set up a, a targeted uh, phishing attack and the email uh, mentioned this is important exclusive uh, kindly click on this link uh, so even though uh, i mean it's embarrassing to admit this but even though i was aware of all the security fundamentals i went against my very grain and clicked on the link it was very embarrassing because uh, there was uh, this local uh, intercompany chat and uh, 
and I mentioned that I clicked on this link, and uh, then it was of course a simulated uh, attack, but it can happen to anybody. I think when you talk of social engineering attacks, uh, and when you talk of a very targeted phishing attacks, I think they are two separate entities. So uh, if you look at a social engineering attack, which happened some time ago uh, to a personality around here. So in this uh, event, that person was asked to share uh, details of the bank uh, and it was in person. So that person mentioned that uh, the, uh, the, the victim's uh, daughter was in hospital and she needed money. So uh, kindly wire XYZ amount of money. Uh, so that person has wired that kind of money and only to realize that this is a fraud. So this is a complete social engineering attack, like I would like to classify that. And when, when it comes to uh, spear phishing or uh, targeting phishing attacks, it is the very obvious. The links will be misleading. The links uh, will be, uh, even though it will say that your PayPal account needs updation, click on this link. But when you hover over the link, you will find that it goes over to XYZ site. Even the email address from where it will send, uh, will be sounding uh, very xyz at uh, abc.com. So these are the obvious red flags we need to watch out for. And for the social engineering, these are very uh, tricky ones to address here, uh, you know, in, in a very short frame of time. But definitely uh, advising uh, common sense that should prevail, that sharing any details of a bank or credit card should be avoided with uh, somebody who you're not familiar or comfortable with. Could you also talk a little bit about the work you do at Sira? Specifically, telling, uh, do you are you able to pursue all your passions and interests along with your job? And if so, how? And why did you choose this job? And if you weren't doing this job, what job would you be doing? Uh, so that's actually a killer question because you have so many loaded questions in one. So let me break that break that out. Uh, so what am I doing at Sira? So Sira is a leading travel solution company based out of Saudi Arabia. And uh, we provide travel solutions in uh, the travel, which caters to the UAE market. And uh, almasafra.com, which actually caters to the, uh, to the worldwide market. So we also have a business unit which caters to Hajj and Umrah and uh, for the pilgrims and provides, uh, they are dedicated only to the pilgrimage services. We have a business unit which caters to the car rental. So uh, car rentals, we uh, can hire the cars using the uh, Dumi app from the um, from the airport itself in Riyadh and in Jeddah. So so that is about uh, Sira in very brief. Uh, what I do at Sira is managing the teams. Now we work with a lot of contractors, and uh, one of my uh, responsibilities include managing the contractors, uh, outsourced vendors to ensure that we are delivering on target, on budget, especially when it comes to uh, some high-end applications like Salesforce. So these applications uh, tend to run into millions of uh, dollars in budget-wise. So it is essential as a project manager to keep a very close eye on the resources, how they are being allocated, and where the time and their money is being spent. Having said that, it is also important to ensure that they are meeting what the business has requested for. So, uh, so that the business can definitely be more efficient in, in their processes. So that is the work I do at Sira. Uh, I believe your next question was, uh, why did I take this up? Uh, I have been really, really lucky and blessed uh, in my career to be having uh, really good mentors. 
not many of them have been women unfortunately but uh, most of my mentors have been some senior managers uh, some senior directors whom i would go offline and have uh, you know chat regarding my career and when i was working as a software developer uh, i believe that uh, i have the potential to grow into a project manager role like i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast i was working as a systems networks uh, engineer so um, it was a really this gentleman uh, who was an officer with it officer with rbi who thought that you know i had potential to move into uh, something better something more challenging interesting uh, like scripting and coding and he introduced me to post graduation uh, at uh, ncsd which is the national center of software technology so i'm really grateful to him for uh, for opening my mind to this kind of a knowledge this kind of a field and then on it was a journey that i never looked back on with some recent mentors who have been really backing me with with positive inputs with uh, reinforcement that i can do this and much more i have been able to um, achieve so many targets i set out professionally i think one of the questions you mentioned that how can i spare time for my passion as well as for my work and again i would credit it entirely to the uh, to my mentors and to my managers at work who uh, who entrusted me to not only carry out the responsibilities um, that were assigned to me but also manage my passion i managed to organize uh, a women in tech dubai so we have a small community here in dubai which is consisting of developers pm directors uh, head of engineering etc and it's a very vibrant group founded by three uh, young graduate ladies who thought that this kind of group was missing so this group basically organizes for interview sessions coding practice sessions learning new technologies like last week was on flutter and uh, i organized a, a, a talk for the women in tech on how the project methodologies are managed at sira which is uh, the organization that i was working for all it needed was uh, was i had a quick chat with my manager and none of my uh, timelines would be affected by this uh, one hour uh, mira and he was okay with that and in fact he not only uh, okayed that but he actually rallied around support because this is not meant to be an exclusive uh, women's club right so we had uh, the men from so many uh, different departments joining us for this talk and uh, he organized uh, for uh, and actually guided me to organize the logistics part of it as well like food drink uh, uh, you know area for speaking uh, microphones and projectors etc etc i mean when i look back it's not really huge but it's uh it's kind of commendable that he took so much of interest and supported me all through because i was hardly uh 3 months into the organization but it was so amazing to have that kind of a supportive manager who ensured that everything was smooth running in addition to my work so that is how uh, that is how i i believe i'm able to pursue my passion for uh for speaking and uh meeting women uh, in tech Uh, as well as carry out the responsibilities and roles that I have been assigned. Um, if I were not a project manager, what would I be doing? I think I would be flying the plane. I think that would be my uh, favorite thing. So, uh, so <laughs> even today, it's uh, it's something that I really feel very strongly about, and um, uh, you know, it's something that I really want to do. Uh, fly a plane. Uh, it's just that uh, I am not tall enough. You need to be at least. Five, uh, five feet six inches to be tall enough to fly a plane. So I see Prashasti smiling there, and I, I feel that it's something that I, 
press the raw nerve in her. But uh, it's something that uh, I want to do. Uh, but yeah, it requires that kind of dedication and devotion. But yeah, someday we'll get there. Yeah, it's so good to hear that if you won't be doing this, you'll be flying plane because <laughs> I can do that there. And also good to hear that uh, in, in despite of following your passion, you are working in such a supportive environment where you are actually growing and inspiring pe- other people. So you said that you also work with DevOps. So with many of our listeners being undergraduate college students, could you elaborate more on what it exactly is, your work in DevOps and how beginners could get started? Yeah, uh, that's something uh, very close to my heart again, because uh, because let, let me uh, show uh, rather, uh, you know, share some spotlight on how DevOps came into being. So development plus operation. So that is a very niche field where actually you are uh, somebody from the operations who knows about uh, server systems management, as well as who knows a bit of scripting and development. Now, uh, why this came into field was again, um, I won't say it's a new field. It's it's been around. It's just been rebranded and you know now been marketed as DevOps. But to give you a small example, if pushing a code into production environment, essentially you are doubling up as a DevOps engineer. You're basically ensuring that your code is in production and available to the user, whether you are publishing it on Apple or Google Store uh, or putting it on a server or cloud. So uh, so having said that, now this is like, a, uh, this, is, um, this is a highly, I would say, highly chaste profession because engineers need to have uh, not only knowledge of scripting, like they need to be aware of uh, software development, a little bit of coding but at the same time they also need to be aware of uh, environments like uh, hardware and system environments uh, when you are accessing say for example something from yahoo.com or uh, anything from gcp which is from the google cloud platform services and you wish to uh, you know check uh, that uh, why it is not working uh, going through logs will only point you where the bug or where the error has occurred only if you have a prior knowledge. So having said that, there are some universities who are offering specialized courses in DevOps, if that is the course of interest for for anyone. Uh, But if it's not really, and if you just wish to specialize in DevOps after graduation, then I would highly recommend doing at least a basic academic course, which introduces you to the servers. Now to the Gen X that is graduating, it's really lucky, I would say, that they do not have to go through the rigmarole of uh, deploying, uh, you know, on physical because most of the applications are now deployed to the cloud. They are not deployed to the on-premise servers. Like very few hybrid models exist in uh, in real life scenarios. The reason being, definitely, it is cost-effective and economical to go ahead and use uh, any of the cloud platforms for uh, for accessing. But um, having said that, it's a challenge to maintain uh, at any opportunity. If you need to be like on a hybrid model, then it's a challenge to uh, to deploy it without knowing where it will be affecting what. A simple use case is if you have a web application and you try to deploy it on IIS and you're not aware where is the PW root, you could be just stuck uh, that way. So, uh, so knowing what is the root, what is the content, who should be having the permissions, 
and who should uh, be able to access it, how you can set the DNS, how you can redirect a domain, and how you can uh, set up the C name in the uh, uh, in the physical server will give you an um, give you how can I say a, a jump or a lead or a head start into understanding it better on cloud environments because pretty much the same is replicated on cloud. Uh, there could be a some to minimum uh, differences over there, but the concepts remain. So, uh, so I would um, I would rather recommend that uh, to look at uh, if the, if anyone is keen to uh, pursue a career in develop in DevOps. In that case, it would be better to have a fair understanding of systems, servers, how they are physically located, because sometimes you also need to create uh, DMZ like demilitarized zones. So that your application remains safe and to ensure that you need to have an idea about basic networks how users log in what is the domain what is the concept of a domain and how is the forest how are you building those uh, if you can do that successfully on active directory or on linux uh, uh, open source environment as well then it would uh, open up you to better understand the cloud platforms as well this is uh, this is in brief uh, I can perhaps uh, share some links on um, email to better guide uh, you know those who are interested. That would be you know a better approach to this. Thank you so much. We would definitely um it was it was pleasure talking to you and getting to know so much in. I mean I don't think we could have got this through anyone else. Um, we will be attaching links to your work podcast uh, when we release it and if, if you're going to we're going to attach those two for whoever's interested so much this has been a great pleasure <laughs>